Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowlology Report. Damien Fleming and Bradley Hodge. Hodge, I think we're still just coming down from the test match. It was fantastic. We were over it. You were doing uh, from Macquarie Radio. I was doing Channel 7 and SEN Radio. But did did you think we were a chance in the end? Did you think Gazza and Josh could get us home? Yeah, I did actually. I really thought there was... Uh... There was some energy in the crowd. You could, you could. No, but they were swarming the, in. Yeah, well, the Swami Army was. They were, they were chanting all day. They were up and about all day, um, you know, thinking that they were going to get the victory. And they started. It's uh, quieting down a bit. They started to quieten down, and then a few, you know, footy punters must have come in, and we're getting a bit vocal. And when it got to under fifty, I thought. I believed. Yeah, I thought this can happen here, um, and I just thought. The only thing that's going to stop him is actually the tea break. You know, when you I go didn't in and want reassess, the tea break. No, nah, no one wanted the tea break because... You know how the bowling team can go, we want an extra half an hour? I reckon the batting team should be able to go, yeah, we'll, we'll match you. We'll go another half an hour yeah. as well. Well, they did have the extra <laughs> half an hour and it, and it probably cost the Indians because they'd had the two and a half hour morning session and then a two and a half hour session there. I mean, fatigue had set in and... Uh, it was right there for the taking. For the you know, others. and I, you know, the, the, when I know the Indian team are just starting to dip a bit, it means Rashad Pant actually stops commentating <laughs> from his wicket keeping there. Hey, can you remember a game that, that got that close? Uh, you know, I was lucky enough to play in a test match against England, you know, years ago and myself and Ian Healy yeah. batted for two hours to save the game, six overs to go. And I play a horrendous shot off Chris Lewis trying to pull <laughs> on a wearing Adelaider. Thought I was in real trouble when I got off. And Bob yeah. Simpson, instead of ab- absolutely giving me a rev, gave it the, oh, how did they give out? I was plum. Yeah. And Peter McIntyre on debut, Aussie Mac, walked out to bat. Who we saw You had some uh, tea with him, I got to, he come yeah. to lunch with Flem and him and, him and Bluey there. Helped Bluey get 100. And so he had 36 balls to, to face to save the game. Um Peter Mack went out and we lost by 35 balls. <laughs> First ball ducked there. Do, do you remember any last wicket oh, heroics? For me, the I, most... I've, I've done that off the cuff, to be fair. Yeah, for me, the most memorable game of cricket that I've ever sort of been involved in, actually, was a full-strength Victorian side versus full-strength New South Wales side. Yes. And you were, you were probably playing in this game, I'm sure, being full-strength. And... Uh, yeah, it had everyone. It had, you know, Mark Taylor, the two wars. Bevins, well, wasn't there a Nader. reverse one? Are you going to talk about the no ball yes. or the fading light the okay. next one two weeks later? Yeah, so it was, so both of them were amazing. So yeah, the, the famous no ball one where they needed two to win and Simon Cook overstepped the runway and it was called a no ball. And it was such an anti-climax to the game because 
it's just a, it was the, the massive. No balls might have been worth two runs it back was. then. It yeah. was. So we won nine wickets down yeah. on a no ball. Yeah, and no one was quite sure about the rules that, oh, they've got, that's a no ball. It's one run or two. And then, oh, we've, well, so that's cool. And then the flip side of that, they got us. They got us down here at the MCG in. No, we got it at the MCG. They got us at the SCG, yes, didn't yes, they? Yes, that's it. And again, nine down. Nine down. Um, the previous batter, Wayne Holdsworth, was slogging everywhere. Wayne Holdsworthy the, is what the coach of Les Stillman. McGraw and I may have got him out, Wayne. Yeah. And McGraw starts walking out, and we've still got four overs to go. So we are finally going to win SCG. Yeah. And Daryl Hare said it's oh, too pubic, <laughs> too dark, too dark. Yeah. So they got the draw. Yeah, I remember. That was that. all in about a two-week period, I reckon. It was, it was, and uh, I, and look, those are the games which are probably famous for when I started. You know, being lucky enough to play in those sort of games where legendary players, Taylor, the two wars, Slater, Bevan. You know, I just remember the beauty. I think Mark War made a beautiful hundred in that game. But Shane Warne was at his peak, and I used to field it, field it mid off for Warney. And I, I don't reckon I, the only ball I fielded off Warney, off Mark Wall, was to take the catch. Yeah, it well, was that brilliant. They couldn't get down to him. Well, that was the other thing. Even being on the Victorian side, you had yourself Pistol, uh, Warne. You know, what a what an amazing yeah. attack! And to watch you guys bowl against you know the two Australian openers in Taylor and Slater, in, in, for me that was. Worth the price of admission anyway. And you get bragging rights, don't you? When you rock up <laughs> for the first just, test and you go, oh, jeez. Well, did you nick Tubby off or uh, LB every uh, time? Um, actually, I had probably a better record against Slats. So um, I reckon Paul Rifle used to nick he did Tubby Taylor yep. out a lot. Yep. But, mate, um, so summer in the first test match to talk about, it was, um, I, I think it was a fantastic test match. It was set up by the pitch. I think Damien Hoff has got it right for drop-ins, isn't it? Everyone had a chance to shine. Um, even talking about the man we're going to talk mainly about, Pajara, you know, said he got his 100, but you never feel right in, but you could still call uh, score hundreds. Um, what were your reflections of the pitch? Well, when I first saw it, I thought it's a cracking wicket. And, uh, you know, I guess we haven't seen a day test match wicket on the drop-in since it's come in. Usually it's been the night test match, which is... You know, been a different result and a different spectacle as well. But I actually enjoyed the Adelaide Test being, you know, in the middle of the day again. It's yeah. had a special feeling as well. So when I saw the wicket, I just thought it's going to be good for batting. Uh, it didn't appear that way. There was a little bit for the bowlers all day, and then it just didn't quite come onto the bat, you know, as as, as freely as we thought it would. But you're right, a little bit of something for everyone. It turned on day one. Turned on day two, day three, and even day four. So. But it's funny, um, it didn't go excessively after day one. And you know the footmarks that Mitchell Stark had provided to the right-handers and Ashant Sharma was getting in too. Um, obviously, Lyon and Ashwin were trying to hit those. When they did hit them, Lyon hit it more than Ashwin. M- most of the time, it just it turned acutely, but it, it was low turn. Yeah. I was expecting it explode over the top as well. So they probably didn't play as big a part as I thought, but it was it turned the whole five days. Yeah, well, that might be a drop-in um, effect. But, I mean, you did mention that it was pretty dry underneath. Yeah. With a good covering of grass. So, 
I think that might be something we need to have a look at the MCG because uh, you know last match, the test match there was pretty dull and boring. And that look to be fair, that wasn't the fault. You had to, pay a, fault. You had to yeah. pay a toll to bat on that. Oh well, yeah, Alistair Cook, whether you get two hundred and whatever, he wasn't in career plus. best. No, nah, he hadn't got a run for the series and went to MCG. But yeah, I thought it was really good. It was good to watch the pace bowlers get good carry through to the wicket keepers. I mean, Michelle Pant, what did he get? Eleven, uh, thirteen, fourteen dismissals for the game caught behind the wicket, so that says good for bowling and also good for batting. Um, what about Chiteshwar Purujara? Pujara? He is an absolute gun. He's the best unheralded Indian batsman here since Sandeep Patel in 80 He got 174 at the Adelaide Oval. Well, he's a true test batsman, isn't he? Um, you don't see him involved in the IPL or these flashy T20 leagues. Uh, he just goes about his business and works. He's got over 5,000 test runs now, averaging over 50. And if you think of all the legendary, you know, Indian test match players who average over 50, you're talking Gavastar, you're talking Dravid, Tenduka, um, Lakshman. Maybe, Lakshman, I don't think yeah, so, I don't no. Think he's probably 45, 46. He's got a little bit of Laxman in him, hasn't he, the way he goes about his work? So for me, he's just a phenomenal cricketer i mean being able to adapt in the first test coming to australia where he struggled previously before he struggled a little bit in england but that's understandable most people do when they first tour in england um only because of the sheer movement of those duke balls but what an ability to to adapt one of the things which i was talking to vvs laxman about was his square of the wicked play he'd never seen that before in uh, pujara usually it was just you know, wait till it's full, deflect it off the pads and, you know, play a real defensive game. But he thought he'd square of the wicket play, especially on that late day one when Mitchell Stark took the second new ball and there was a few uppercuts with one for six. I don't think he's ever hit a six in his no. life. Um, played a couple of pull shots as well. And that was something that Lakshman said that he'd never been in his game. So he wasn't playing T20. Maybe he had the ability to work on that aspect of his game coming to Australia. More back foot play than... Full, which is yeah, and the criticisms brilliant. of being an Indian only player, you know, that lack of intent. Well, his last couple of test matches, he's scored a hundred in England, yeah, and now he's scored one in England. He's got his um, record away from home, averaging forty-two. Yeah. So what we you know appreciate in these you know potentially great players is their ability to upskill, isn't it? And if Laxman's talking about that, he's increased his scoring zones because. Uh, I saw a stat. I think he only played um, 11% of aggressive strokes in the first 50 overs. So he knew it was tough. He's yeah. losing wickets. He just hung in there. Then I feel like if it wasn't that unbelievable run out from Cummins, he could have got 170, 180, and that would have been test match over. Yeah, absolutely. It was a phenomenal run out, wasn't it? Just like a guy who 20 overs. It was stinking hot too. Gets an opportunity at short mid, uh, at mid on. Uh, you know, throw the stumps down late in the end of the day's yeah. play was was a great effort. But I think you're right. He could have actually got 180. Just on that, just as a bowling unit, I, I, I'm really struggling to see how we're going to get Pujara out from the rest of the you. test four. Yeah. yeah, so you're a bowler. A, how do you bowl to someone who's completely boring like that and you're comfortable? When do you change your plans? Or is there any other plans that we have for this guy? Yeah, well, the thing is for Pajara, because he now, you know, likes to play 
square the wicket. I, I want to force him to play through the V. I, I want to see him hitting me down um, the ground or at worst through cover. So I, I'll probably bowl pretty straight and, and, and pretty conservative fields and back that your best ball, eventually he will nick because you, you, it's hard to wear him down. He, he, he showed amazing concentration, didn't he? So yeah. I'll be more just you've got to bowl a, a huge percent of, of high percentage deliveries. And that, and that would be still, I'd still be trying to nick him off. Um, certainly the odd bouncer to set him back. Mm. Um, but the hard thing for these type of players, and, and, and he can manipulate his hand speed really well. So you feel like you, when he plants that front foot, you're going, Oh, he might go hard at it like his other top order batsman, but he doesn't. He plays with soft hands. Yeah. So you, you're trying to rush him. He looked pretty comfortable against the short pitch, actually, which surprised me. Um, yeah, just a lot of energy for the, especially Patrick Cummings tested yeah. him a few times, come around the wicket. He just looked completely comfortable. And, uh, we'll talk about it a bit later, Hodgie. I, I don't think we bowled quite, our quicks didn't quite bowl as well as their quicks. And the one delivery I think we wasted was the bouncer. Like how many good bouncers? Like Ashant Sharma's one to head, oh, the first one of the day that he bowled. Yeah. You know, I just felt they had, uh, ours were too high or, or the line was wrong. Yeah. yeah and, well, and, some... and you've got to get it right, haven't you? Well, absolutely. If they're wasted, you know, as a batsman, that if they bowl one, they're going to pitch the next one up. Or rarely do you get two or three back-to-back bounces. Well, you're not allowed anymore in these days. It's two, no. three over, that's it. But, yeah, I felt that, I don't. Th- I just didn't think they got it just slightly above eye level and outside the line. Mm. So you, you had to do something about it. If you took it on, it was hard to keep down. Yeah. And... um Otherwise, you got to sway out of the way of it. But you know, I, you know, we got bounced out. Payne yeah. and Hanscom, they were premeditated pull shots, and the one against Head. Whereas I, I just don't think we got the short ball. The only bad short balls the actual Indians bowled, I thought, were actually at the end to yeah. our tarp. It, it were, yeah, I mean, you might be spot on there. Actually, they bowled particularly well. There's no doubt, and the, it was a good. The six good quicks on offer out there. It was really yep. good to watch, good test match cricket. But just going on Pujara, just going on the batting and, and the fast food nature in which we live these days in the T20 world, it doesn't look like the, our guys have got the capabilities of batting five to six hours. And I spoke to the coach of Sharashtra during the test match, which is a guy named Satanshu Kota, who coaches Pujara. Yes. Um, and he said... This guy just bats and bats and bats and bats four or five hours a day and he tunes. He fine-tunes that mind to be able to do what he did in this test match. Mimics it, yeah. So it's no surprising. The good thing for them is they've got an abundance of uh, spin bowlers and bowlers that will bowl to these guys. But you just think that whether we're finding the energy and the time for our guys to get in there and bat for consistent long periods of time is questionable. It's also, it's also been questioned at even the junior level. Yep. Uh, you know, are we allowing our kids to get an opportunity to retire back at this score and more T20 in representative cricket yep. as opposed to the old five, uh, 50 over or two day cricket? Or are we just wasting our time and saying that test match cricket in a short period of time will die off? And T20 well, we don't want that. Well, anyway. we shouldn't be. If people are saying that, let's get them out of yeah. cricket and into another sport. Well, the one player I played with who said all those attributes was Justin Langer, who's the Australian coach. So if he can pass on um, 
an influence and mentor the, the Australian top order that no, no, 50s aren't enough. Um, you got to bat time. And, and we all know, I mean, you, you more than me, but yeah. the longer you're out there, the easier it gets. Absolutely, and and uh, it was made comment on cricket.com.au that he got Alan Border in to talk about you know the essence of batting, and Alan Border expressed that, hey, when you walk in there against Joel Garner and Malcolm Marshall, there's no fast food. You've just no. got to wear them down. They're actually too good, and the only way to score is just to wait and be patient and and let them lose their patience. So. Yeah, it was an interesting thing from Alan. That's Border a good there. thing from AB. Like he averaged fifty. Yeah, fifty, he averaged in, that, 50 in that era. Just about everyone. Unbelievable. Hey, um, what about we debated at last podcast that the Gaza versus Ashwin contest? Who do you think was the winner out of that one? Look, I, I think uh, I think Nathan Lyon won the contest uh, only marginally, though. I think. Looking back on it, I reckon that uh, Nathan actually had the better conditions to bowl in. Look, it seemed like that day five wicket was absolutely yeah. flat, and Ashwin had his work cut out for him. And and we thought that there'd be more on offer for the left-handers for him bowling to the left-handers, but it proved the other way. It proved that yeah. it was actually better for the the off spinner to bowl to the right-handers because of that little bit of rough that Ishant and uh, and Mitchell Stark had created, whereas. Bowling to the lefties on the stumps, the wicket down the middle, down the centre strip was absolutely flat, perfect. Having said that, though, it's just a minimal win by Nathan Lyon. I thought they were both yeah. superb. I, I don't and the thing is, Ashwin anymore. just nails left-handers, so to actually have no rough for him to bowl into helped Australia big time. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I had Nathan Lyon, the, the winner of that. I, I thought he did hit the footmarks a bit more. Um, slightly his batting. I mean, Ashwin had a handy partnership in the first innings yeah, with Pajara. Did. But um, both, you'd, you'd be giving him seven to nine out of ten, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Oh, if not more, actually. I think. Is Gazza our best player? Yeah. Is Nathan Lyon our best player? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, I think we would have got smoked if he didn't play this test match. He was the only one that, that consistently made the Indian batsman look uncomfortable. And, uh, and batting-wise? That is hard to do. And what about his batting, even his brothers doing the batting? Can we get him involved in the Australians? Well, setup? maybe that's a good sign because... Um, maybe, Brendan. Maybe without uh, Warner and Smith there, we're actually not getting to the second new ball. So maybe he's coming in in the 60th <laughs> over, helping himself to 20 or 30 before he gets to the second new ball. This might be a tactic we have to employ. Nah, very great order. test by Nathan, and he almost got us home. And he, his fielding was just, he, he's hes an absolute gun. He yeah. just runs the whole time. Okay, on to the Australian bats. Batting order. Are you comfortable with the batting order and a summary of the, of the batsmen within it? No, look, uh, there was a lot of talk in the, uh, well, I mean, what do you call it, behind the commentary box in the communal area there? There was a lot of discussion. The well, there's two com- uh, there's two TV crews. Yeah. There's three radio crews. So there's a lot of people chatting out the back. Yeah, there? and a lot of legends too. And there was a lot of discussion about the particular lineup that Australia took into this game. Uh, there was AB, there was Bora, there was Junior War was pretty strong on his views as usual. As a recently retired selector. Yeah. Love and, his um, comments. I just sort of sat back and listened to them digest. Warney was out there being pretty vocal. Um, there was Gilly. Look, I thought they, uh, I think it's actually wrong. I do feel that, that, um, I do feel that we have gone into this test match with only 
one opener, and that's Marcus Harris in his first test match. And even though he looked comfortable, he was great. I think a couple of 30s for him to, to start off his uh, test it's match is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but your expectations aren't high when you pick a debutante. You know, that, that's a good result. Uh, Finchie at the other end looked... Uh, he didn't look comfortable, and let's be honest, he probably should have got two ducks. You know, yep. if Yashan Sharma wasn't given a no ball by you know a small margin. Um, but what do they do? It's almost stubborn as well. Like for me, Aaron Finch, if he's going to play Test match cricket, it's at five or six, and we actually need a Finch type batter in that position because um, one with real intent who can score quickly. Yeah. Well, yeah. If he can score close to run a ball, we know if he gets going, if he is good enough at Test match level. Um, he can go all 50 over one day cricket, can't he? Yeah, well, that's where, uh, you know, that's the conundrum. That's where, uh, India picked Rohit Sharma. Even though he hasn't performed particularly well in test match cricket, they know that he can win a game in a, in a session. They know that he, you know, he got out trying to take on Nathan Lyon. And you wouldn't be too disappointed if that was Aaron Finch at number five or six trying to take on Ashwin yeah. and he gets out. What you are nervous about is in facing a brand new ball when you haven't opened a batting in four-day cricket ever in your life. Uh, that is a big issue. And I only think that it's a question of ego if they don't make the change. Yeah. Uh, I'd be really... Uh, I'd be... I'm questioning the selectors, actually. Yeah. On this, I, I want to know what's going through the thought process of, of, of Hones and Chapel and these guys to think that let's put in an opener who doesn't open. Well, and has actually struggled in the last four to five games. Apart from the UAE, his opening in one-day cricket yeah. has just been off. Let's not take that into account. But All it hasn't helped him either, is he? Like he needed. If you're going to open and never open before, really, he opened for Victoria what seven or eight years ago. I had a um, crack at it. Why, why can't you? Um, you needed three shield games. It's just different. I, I, look, I had a crack one time at opening the batting. And what I was the difference? It was awful. I walked out and faced Manny Innes and he nicked me two times. I walked off. Yeah. Um, it's just different. It's just maybe I'm a, I'm a person who likes to get in the dress room, take their time, evaluate the conditions, what's going on visually. But when you get out there and open you don't have no, time on. to assess that. You don't know if the ball's swinging. You don't know how far. You don't know if it's a little bit extra bounce. So visually, I could see that and then adapt my game accordingly. But also with Finch, probably not, you know, like David Boone batted three for Tassie a lot and went up to open and was fine. There's been plenty of number threes that have floated between opening and number three. Yeah. But when you're taking out a middle order player to bat, to open for the country, that's yeah. tough on that player. Well, it's tough for Finchie, given the fact that we know that history has got a, he's had a history of having his pad and his stumps blown out. Yeah. So if you're an opening batter, that's the one place you're vulnerable. Uh, look, we're trying not to pick apart Finchie's technique. Forget that. What we're questioning It's not going to change dramatic, dramatically. It can't change. No. And I think someone actually did try and change his technique leading into that first test because I've never, ever seen him thrust forward that far yeah. on leaving a ball... Ever when he's first walked out to the bat. So who's, who's ever got him in there and tried to think, we're going to make you in a test match opener in a week's time is absolute craziness. Uh, so I'd like to, if, so, if Fiji fails this game, and I hope he doesn't. Oh, well, he's, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. But yeah. then who's responsible for that? 
I think yeah, the selectors yeah, yeah. have to go as well. That's a good Straight call. away. If yeah. Finchie gets dropped, whoever picked him, gone. Yeah. Straight up, flat out, you've, you've stocked this up and you have to go as well. That's a good call because you can't build a strategy of defence for how Finch can open. But, like you know, even he did an okay job over in the UAE and yeah. um, against Pakistan but it's not on the basis of any opening the batting. It's middle order Oven County cricket and Victoria. But also we've got we've got an opener in the team, and that's Usman Kawaja. Well, that's the craziness about it. And all. on turning decks like Adelaide, Us, Usman, if he's on thirty and then Ashwin comes on, well, it's a different game, isn't it? Well, he batted like an opener. What did he get? Forty off one hundred and seventy yeah. balls, which we'd probably take with the new ball. If Harris is doing the same and, yeah. and blunting an older ball, particularly in Perth where it's going to be fast and I, you just feel like there's going to be enough stubbornness to go, we're going to keep that order the same. But if they're going to bat the same six, I really want Kawaja to go up to open. I think it'd be a, a mistake if they do not, uh, look at their mistakes. One of the things is a butter is the coach always tells you, if you don't learn from your mistakes, you'll never learn. Yep. I think there's a clearly good evidence to suggest that, hang on, we've just made, this is a bit of an error here, but we can wrong a right. Wrong a right. Because Finchie can still be, he can still average 45 in, in Tesh Matria. There's no doubt about that. He's good enough to do so, but he's good enough to do so given an opportunity where he should flourish. And that's middle order. I like it, Hodge. What about the rest of the batting? The, the problem is 13 innings now. We have failed to score 300 in an innings. Where's that 300 coming from? Um, obviously, Sean Marsh, that was the, the the best and worst of Sean Marsh, wasn't it? Yeah. Horrible shot in the first innings, batted beautifully yep. in the second innings. What about Pete Hanscom? Where have you seen the advancements 12 months on from his last test match? I thought he actually looked quite comfortable, to be honest. He just made an error of judgment. He tried to late cut one which wasn't there to cut, which we all make mistakes as batters. But up until that point, I thought he looked pretty good. And, uh, you know, technically, he was fine. He, he trusted his technique. He did what he did when he was, you know, when yep. he first got picked for Australia. I think he'll be fine, actually. You know, I just like... needs to fine-tune those sort of dismissals. Yeah. You know, that... And Harris had it in the second innings too. Just that inclination, you know, that collapsing the back leg and, and, and sort of trying to punch it through the offside. Like for both of those shot. shots were either um, let them go or, you know, you stand up, back foot across and you cut it or you can actually punch it in front of square. Once you collapse that back leg, there's moving body parts with a moving ball. Everything has to go perfectly for you to hit that in the middle of the bat. Well, that is... That is technically some some problems there, and I think that uh, Justin Langer and Graham Hick will be pointing that out to those guys. That if you continually play collapsing your back leg to yeah. a point, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, at this level, the bowlers will exploit that. Guys like Ishan Sharma, even these taller taller boys, you know, broad, nah. they're going to expose yeah. it. So I haven't seen too many people play collapsing a back leg through point and be successful. And there's a gully guy waiting there. So you've got to either get over the top of it and hit along the ground or get completely up and under. Yep. So there's no, there's no, but there's no just those, but, but I agree. I, I think, um, we know, you know, we can debate whatever you want. His technique of batting in the thing, go, but compared to England last year where he stayed back mm. and didn't play the hook shot or pull shot, um, half follies, he moved into him. Yeah. 
He stayed back, moved into the ball, so there was some forward momentum, and he actually played a couple of good pull shots. I just hope that, well, the, the second one must have been premeditated because well, he wouldn't have played that shot. It's funny because I did get to the bottom of why his technique changed, and his technique changed not because of through his choice. He was quite happy with his technique, but it was through uh, in, intervention from others. So oh, Graham Hick and, and, and Chris Rogers were the ones which encouraged him to change his technique. In saying that last year or this year? No, last year. Yeah. So when he started doing all this craziness out there, that was a byproduct of information from others. Well, because what he'd I... already been criticised from his technique in the past, but his oh. technique in the past was averaging forty-five. Why in change? test match cricket? Well, his technique this test looks more like the one two years ago. Correct. So what? So he, he always did... went back, but but he went into the ball. Yes. So what he did, he said, what you've done for me is absolutely not work and it's rubbish. So I'm going back to how I I thought he was crediting Chris Rogers recently. So that's the, that's the information which is incorrect. Ah. So for those out there that sometimes you've got to make your own decisions on the feedback you get from your coaches. You've got to know what's right. Play within your limitations and be good at your strengths. That's the thing. Don't try and change. I think the other thing. I think when you get to test level, though, Hodgie, I think as if you're a specialist coach, I'm not trying to rewire someone's technique. I'd be hoping. I want to know what makes them tick, what they need to do to make the runs, and tell me. You tell me what to look for because you're the CEO of your game. Yes, I'm just a consultant, right? Well, that's why. So if you're going well, I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to talk to you. Uh, if you're not going well, hey, mate, you know how you said you want to keep your head in line or whatever it is, or I, I want to get back and across? You're actually going back towards leg stump. You know, just little things like that. Yeah. Well, this was the, this is the funny Let thing. Let the players own their game. Own their game. All you do is, is question them about little things and also the decision-making process and execution. That's a constant. Not... Come, I'm the first coach within this environment. I'll try and make turn you into Sachin Tendulkar. Just for the sake of it. It's not going to work. So I think that's what's happened. Uh, I, I wanted to get to the bottom of this story, and I did some digging because I was confused about yeah. those messages that were coming in saying it was Peter Hansen. I'm reading the articles. No, nah, so the articles are absolute horse wobble. Okay, horse I'm gonna, shit, I want say. more of that to follow up. Yeah, okay. okay, what about India, Pajara? Absolute gun. King Coley, he will get some runs. Yeah, sooner or later. The vulnerabilities. Um, you know, I think the openers are still vulnerable. I think Murali doesn't look like, uh, VJ doesn't look like the player he was four years ago. It was a handy 50-run partnership. K.O. Rahul could make a pair. He could make 100 <laughs> off 60 balls. Yep. Rohit Sharma is a real worry concern for him. Yeah. And, and Rishabh Pant, that's a high percentage game that he <laughs> plays. And it's exciting. Yeah. But the Aussies, I think if they feel, if they can get Pajara, if they can get Coley, they, they, they could, and their tail doesn't bat as well as our tail. We could, we could get, we can get them out. Um, I would think reasonably cheaply. Yeah. And in Perth could, on this quick oh, wicket. On any wicket, actually. You yeah. Know, I think we actually could have, well, we bowled them out for 250. Good job. You can't ask for anything more than that yes. as a bowling unit. Anything less than 300 on the first innings, you've done a phenomenal job. I think the Indians, uh, Paddy Farhart, the physiotherapist for India, will be working very hard on Pritiv Shaw. 
to try and get him up for selection for this game uh, and to put pressure on Murali Vijay. I think KR Rahul's shown enough yeah. to hold his spot, but you block no 30 word. balls and then you hit one over cover for six. <laughs> I want to see you playing test match cricket. I'll tell you what it was. It's amazing. We were up in the commentary box and it was almost like he just flicked the switch and gone from defensive to, I'm going to play like the crazy human of T20. It was absolute bizarre. Test cricket. He's a phenomenal hitter of the ball. He's a a ridiculous player. We, uh, he was at Kings 11 Punjab last year and we saw him get the quickest 50 or 14 balls. 14 balls. balls. I saw it. Amazing, amazing ability. And look, if he gets going, we are in trouble. And I'll tell you why. He's probably, the best player of the square of the wicket shots in the Indian team. Yeah. can hook and pull. They haven't shown it too much, probably because of that reason. They get the ball pretty pitched up to him. But he can certainly hook and pull and be damaging on that. Yeah, but there's still some vulnerabilities. Uh, but yeah, we talked about the various quicks. I just thought um, India were just just a shade better than us. Um, they swung the ball a bit more, seen the ball in what sense, a bit more was it, accurate. Uh, was it consistency? Um, and just consistency, yeah. I, I think uh, Hazelwood was phenomenal. Phenomenal. He was unreal. He's in bowling in swingers now. Uh, Paddy, that wasn't his uh, best test match, but there was energy. Mm. And Mitchell Stark, you know, overall, I thought he was okay. I mean, he got five wickets. If you keep doing that, you're going to be an all-time great. It's just the new ball. It's yeah. just that consistent in-swinger that we need, and that may mean that Pat Cummins might get the new ball, whether he's the second best new ball bowler in Australia, I'm not sure about that. There'd be some swing bowlers around I'd, I'd rather with it because he's not a genuine swinger of the ball, Paddy Cummins. No. But um, for Mitchell Stark, you know, he, he's a genuine wicket taker and it's just, it is a slight little technique thing. But with the old ball, he's still a constant threat. I don't, he's yeah. fast. Well, he, he changes it. The only thing the I would Barry say, was so high, wasn't it? Yeah. So you looked at Shami's game, you looked at Ishan, you looked at uh, Boomerah, Boomer, and then you go Hazelwood and Cummings. Mitchell Stark was just a fraction off. No. And because that bar was set so high, I mean, that was probably where he got questioned, but still. It was, no. Still no, just dangerous. keep his confidence up. I'll, I'll be doing a bit of drill work, you know, swing drill work. If he, if he bowl, he'll probably get bowl one bowl there. You know, maybe come around the wicket. But I think we've got to trust him with a new ball, especially in Perth. What and a retain, great place to bowl. Yeah, sorry. He's not going to, he's going to have to have the new ball there. Um, but just, just get into the nets. Come around the wicket to right handers, Mitch, and just get the ball swinging in nicely. And just remember that feel when you come over the wicket, because if he gets that in swinger going, those vulnerable players, they're going to get knocked over. So he, he's a seven for 20 guy. So if you come around the wicket to the right-handers, what, with, does that just now where you finish your action off a bit more because you've got to... Well, if you, if, and, and you say, well, you've got to hit off stump. If you're bowling wide of the crease around the wicket, to actually get the ball on off stump, you're actually going to get your wrist and fingers behind the ball, aren't you? There you so go. it's sort of half, uh, it's a tactic, but half a swing thing as well, and get that feel. But, but sometimes, and it's a thing that I do with young um, players who want to learn how to swing the ball, but the trick is being able to do it once you come over that because it is that little feel. But he's been and done that before. So we're not trying yeah. to teach him an in-swing at a right-handers. He's actually always had one. Yeah. We just need him to get back and, and, and find, to a degree, just a lot lost art for him. You know, he feels like he hasn't been consistent since 2015 with it. But he's had some times since that that the ball swung massively, hasn't it? 
Yeah, well, there's a tip for the bowlologist for anyone that wants to learn how to bowl fast left arm swingers. Look, I think one of the criticisms was that in that second spell, he didn't hit the the the, the ball tracker showed that the ball wouldn't actually have hit the stumps yeah. in twelve balls. They were gutter balls. And when you're there's no avenue of apprehension. No, when you're a left arm swinger, all you're doing is trying to target the pad and the stumps. So that was probably the one. I'd thing. suggest the next wicket keeper of ours. Um, Victoria Darren Berry, what would have his advice been to Mitchell when he bowled <laughs> two four buys, not wides? Uh, I don't would, think we could we say it on this podcast. Uh, he would have taken the mouth guard out and have gone. If, if I want, yeah. if I want someone to hit this, if I want someone to bowl that rubbish, I'd give the ball to Johnny Moss or something. Johnny like Moss, that. <laughs> it would be. Um, so it didn't help there. The wicket keepers uh, that a pretty pony had a lot of buys, but a lot of it was wayward um, um, bowling. Rishabh Punt actually equaled a record for most dismissals in a test match. Yep. A.B. De Villiers and the great Jack Russell, the English keeper, one of the greatest keepers of all time, yep. also um, broke the record for the most dialogue by a wicketkeeper in a test match. <laughs> well, he didn't way, shut up. He, uh, he was brilliant, wasn't he? It was great to see that. Uh, he's loving test match cricket. He is, and, and it's surprising to see because he's such a superstar you know, in India and uh, he was... Amazing for the Delhi Daredevils in IPL, but it's great to see him loving the test matches. That's, uh, that's really funny. Can I, can I just go back to that Darren Berry thing? Yes. Um, I've just got a, some story which came into my mind was, <laughs> um, Shane Harwood and Mick Lewis were, were the two guys that, uh, were constantly under pressure from, from Chuck. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. If they bowled a, a bad ball or they were just medium pace, Chuck used to whip the mouth guard out. If you want me to, if I want someone to bowl medium pace, I'd give it to Johnny Moss or Andrew McDonald. I want some fast. Or, you know, if they bowl one outside off stump, which was too wide, or went down leg side, he'd take the mouth going out, what's that rubbish? Anyway, I'd be at mid-off. And, uh, <laughs> what are the and, bowlers saying to and, you? Yeah, and they're going, well, you listen, listen to this idiot. Well, yeah, he goes, and then Mick would go, dodgeball, dodgeball, what, watch this, watch this. And he deliberately chucked one down leg side. <laughs> and we know how Chuck, Hated buys. Hated buys. So it wasn't wide enough to be a wide. And then you'd see Chuck diving away trying to stop this ball. And me and Mick and Stickers would be up the top. And he'd go, what the rubbish? And we'd be secretly laughing our asses off. That is so good for Mick Lewis. That is so good, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's brilliant. It's good fun. Um, And what about um, Tim Payne? I thought, you know, if if he's better well in the second innings there... um, what happens if his finger is broken? We could have a fast bowling captain of this country, Josh Hazelwood. Yeah. Well, Pony will play, but we're just talking about it. Yeah, well, the, the coach said, you know, he's the toughest pretty boy going around. Yeah, yeah good on him. Um, a, good on him for being a pretty boy. He's a good-looking young man. Yeah. Um, and also... Who's the weakest tough guy that you played with? Weakest tough guy? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, weakest I don't know. I just threw that in there. Weakest they always say toughest pretty boy. But what about the weakest tough guy? <laughs> there has to be someone with tattoos that thinks that's tough. That's a big oh, he's tough. Let me think about it. He went to water. Um, but Josh Hazelwood, I think only the great Ray Limble uh, captain really? one test match against India. But yeah. there hasn't been nothing for the fast bowling cartel. But we're taking over the world everything else. So... Well, let's hope Tim Payne. Big is, Josh should be captain right. now in fine league. Yeah, I actually thought Timmy Payne had a pretty good game. Actually, he batted well. I thought he led the troops pretty well. Um, worked with his bowlers, and uh, you know, gave everyone the confidence to do their job. So we probably need him right now. Oh, definitely. 
Uh, what about your? How nervous were you watching the the last few wickets there? Were you as nervous as cricket manager Ravi Shastri? <laughs> well, I didn't have any balls in my mouth. Is that what it was? Balls That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. Well, if you can actually, if you're good enough to get your balls in your mouth, then like a puppy dog, then good on you, Ravi. That's a special good skill. Like, I, I haven't done. I don't that. think anyone else was. I in haven't that done position. much yoga for a while, so I haven't tried it, but. Uh, but Rav, just come out with it. That's a, how nervous he what was. What a comment. No, he just said no. Uh, that's probably, if we said that, we're probably in code of conduct. No, you're in trouble. And in trouble and uh, probably kicked out of seven, kicked out of everywhere else. And On that theme, though, um, what about Ishant Sharma's no balls? Yeah. Seriously, the umpires have to start calling no balls. I think they've got lazy. One... It's runs to the batting team. So how many extra could Australia got? Two, you're actually helping coach the bowler because he's got wickets like the um, Finch one. I don't think it'll be the last because there's always pressure. Now you get the wicket and you've gone over the line. If you've been called a couple of times, it's just human nature, Hodgie, that you actually start looking at the line yep. and you get behind. Yeah. So uh, that that is just no good for anyone. Umpire, umpires not calling no balls and only waiting to the wicket to have a look at. No, I, I don't like that at all. And he's a serial offender, Ishan Sharma. Yes. So he's not learned his lesson. But, yeah, I didn't like it at all, actually. I mean, the umpires there, we've got that much technology. One of the things for our viewers is that the Adelaide Oval, because it's actually the side, is, it's a yeah. short boundary, where you sit, Right next is the uh, the third umpire. He's got a perfect view, and you can actually see clearly if the if the bowler is pushing or overstepping the uh, the popping crease there. So it wouldn't have been much for him to you know get a message out to his his middle his central umpire and just say, "Listen, buddy, that's look, a no ball. Keep an eye on this. That's a no ball. If not, give this a warning. So, mate, if you if you keep pressing, I no yeah. ball you till you don't." Um, well, that used to be the old days. You might get away with one. They go, "Mate, you're hot. You're right up there." Um, I think. Someone said there's been research into it. They've had, they had a series where they did it, the ICC. And, um, the third umpire would just call it as they, as the, um, as the bowl's walking back. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? Well, I know you might that. miss the free hit, but no one hears that in time anyway. But a no ball is called, you know, they picked up eight or 12 for the test match, but then it got down to, and it worked, the third umpire's cost. John Embry was saying that because of the, uh, no ball and free hit in England, and uh, no one oversteps the line anymore. I'm not sure whether it was in four-day cricket as well, but he said definitely in that West yeah. and T20 Blast, where you still play a lot of games. So he said someone like Steve Finn, who was a notorious yeah. for overstepping the mark, he says he never oversteps the mark anymore. So I just don't understand that our fast bowler pushes the boundaries that far. Surely you've got to give yourself one or two centimetres either side of room for error because... Hey, it's a strenuous thing, and sometimes an effort ball, you're going to overstrike. It's the amount of, amount of effort going through, the runs that could happen. But, uh, you know, I, I think in future, the third umpire is there anyway. I think they'll be calling him. Uh, or you bring in things like the free hit, and guess what? We've seen in, even in the big bash, there's a lot less no balls now. Yeah, you don't overstep. I, yeah, I just think Gerard Abood should, should have got on there, and it, it just could have been rectified in one or two minutes. Okay, time. What about Shield cricket? We had an interesting round there. The Vicks end up drawing against WA. Those hundreds. Cameron White, Nick Mannison 
on debut for Victoria, 162, and then unfortunately had his wrist broken. Yep. The pace of Jai Richardson, uh, who picked up a few wickets. And, and for Western Australia, well, they blocked it out. The end, Stoyner Scott runs, uh, 85 not out. And Ash Turner, good to see him back, an 80 and a, and a 60. And Will Popkowski back with a 60. So there's a few good performance performers there. The Duck, 5 for 65, Johnny Holland. Yep. Anything out of that? Uh, probably, probably out of probably Marcus Stoinis would be the one I'd be thinking. Yeah, I think would be the one a, pressing for Test selection. I think it was a tale of a couple of grounds. I think Melbourne and Sydney were predominantly flat as at flat as, and then uh, it was Tassie, wasn't it? That yeah, but they had sort out. of they'd lost on on first innings. Yeah, so it must have been. They scored four hundred and fourteen in the last. Fourth innings, well, Queensland. Yeah, well, it must have been one of those older yeah. style Hobart wickets where, you know, it just flattens we right We fell out. into that trap. All the time. All the time. Anyway, what's... Tazzy win the toss and bowl. And what's positive about that is uh, Moses on Riggs got 99. Um, oh, in that game? Yeah. Yep. So, he's, so that was a draw, South Australia, New South Wales. So good to see him batting well. I think he's a he's still class and still could press for Australian honours if we keep going the way we're going. Uh, Nick Madsen... Great to see him do well for Victoria on his debut. He's made the trip down. Unlucky for him that he's broken his hand, his wrist. Yeah. And Sounds unfortunate bad. that he can't take that form into the stars. It would have been good to see him shine for the stars in, uh, in Big Bash. So a loss there. Um, Marcus Stoinis, tick for him. Some runs there coming in at, you know, WA under pressure at five yep. for 50 in the second innings. And what I loved about that, the yep. big quick, Jimmy Paddo. So the ex-teammates, they were at it. It was pretty good, actually. I'm just hearing he's bowling very fast. Oh. Doesn't mean get a lot of wickets, but he's bowling very fast. When is he ever not bowl fast? Yeah, Let's suppose. be honest. Saw back or not saw back. He's my favourite cricketer, Jimmy Paddo. <laughs> get him in the team. Absolutely love him. Uh, you've got to take him to, to England again. Uh, a, I reckon he's actually not far off being an all-rounder himself. His batting is... Yep. Probably not quite a number six, can easily be a number seven. Jeez. Uh, that's how good he, I reckon he is. Um, but love the, love the intent, you know, he bowled, doing a couple of bounces and fired up. Well, and I thought he was going to tackle him. Body At some stage, did you see that highlight? <laughs> yeah, I did that. I, look, I love that. And, um, because that'd be a good that, contest. Stoin's a big man. That's not our nice guy approach that we want, but he didn't overstep the boundaries. It's just, come on, buddy, I'm in the contest and I'm a big fire quick and you're going to cop it. It was magnificent stuff. So, you know, that's it for a while for the Shield, I think. Or they, no, they've got one more round. Have but, they? Yeah. No, no, that's it. No, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, um, they're getting into the big T20, bash. Uh, T20 starts, the Renegades are going down the job. BBL news, Melbourne Stars have been hit by some injuries, haven't they? You talk about Nick Maninson, uh, Seb Gotch, Frankie Worrell. Mm. He's taking wickets for fun, Frankie. I thought he's off to the ashes. Hopefully that's only just a little bit of inflammation in the back. But they've got a new captain, Glenn Maxwell. Glenn Maxwell? Yeah, well, he, he exudes leadership qualities, doesn't he? Well, what are they? I've no idea. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I've no idea. What are you um, saying? He's last man standing? No, nah, well, I think so. I guess so. Who else you got there? Well, we don't have Maddinson, Gotch or Worrell. No, nah, well, look, uh, I think you'll do a great job, Max. Johnny Hastings is gone. Yeah, you know, no, or he's, retired. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, Max. He'll be up. He'll be enthusiastic. Yeah, I think he'd be good on the field, actually. He's got good body language when he's on the field. He loves playing cricket. 
Yeah. So that's uh, that's one good thing, and he'll be fine, mate. He's a superstar. I feel sorry for Dan Worrell, actually. This might be the third or fourth big bash that he's missed in a row. Um, Talking to Jamie Siddons, his state coach, he said it's a 140-kilometre swinging both ways. Well, like this is unbelievably ice. good. Let's just put him on ice for the, get uh, him the ashes. Let's get I him reckon he ice. could be someone who could rip the test match cricket up, Frankie Wall. Yeah. Um, what about in the BBL? The bat toss is in. Coin toss, boom. Yeah. Bat toss. We put out a video of you trialling it. Um, so we are the first people, the Bowlology Report, to do a scientific uh, report on the bat toss. You tossed it 10 times. What, yep. what did it come up with? Well, the results were uh, 60%, yeah, yes. 60% in favour of the rooftops, yes. as we call it. But that's another contentious issue around yeah, the rooftops. country. And 40% Hills. flats. So, yeah, you'd think that if you're going to be calling in the Big Bash, uh, you call on rooftops. Yep. The only one uh, element which may change is if they have a young kid coming in and tossing. I remember being captain oh, of the Adelaide Strikers. You don't want to get done by that. And what did the youngster well, do? The, the, the coin toss used to fluff out of their, you know, they'd never been to the craps table. Or the, no, you got to go up. The top table in Adelaide. Yes. We used to have a pile of fun. Yeah. They just, just drop it and it wouldn't even spin. Uh, so there's no trajectory. So the kid's important. Whoever they choose is the coin tosser yeah. or the now bat tosser. Do some practice. Get the thing in the air. Toss it up. Well, you uh, come some criticism in yours. You were just dropping the bat. Well, there you they go. They weren't happy with See, you. They wanted the you to get it in the that's air. That's the point. So we, maybe there's a there's a role here in Cricket Australia for a professional to give some advice on how to actually toss bat the bat. So LinkedIn, Cricket Australia, I want you to... LinkedIn. Anthony Everard. Well, why can't you Is put Everard it in? Is still boss? Are you yeah, still yeah, boss of Big yeah. Bash? He's a big fan of this. Give me 100K, I'll think about it. Yeah. So can you put that on your LinkedIn yeah, profile? That, Potential bat tosser. <laughs> Okay. Oh, it's that segment. And it's been a big test match. It's the, the social media self-promoter award. What have you got for us this week? Well, I've there is some great ones. And I, it's not surprising that they've come out around test time. Oh. And they've been in hiding. And, I'm assuming uh, some big guns. Yep. There is some big guns, actually. And I'm going to start with the biggest gun. And that's the uh, ex-Australian coach, Darren Lehman. Who's probably been in hiding for a little bit. He has been. But he's out and about now. So uh, the Buff Lehman has started with great Christmas present for all young boys and girls. You can find these at Bamboozle. Right. It's a promotion of little cricket balls and stuff like that. And little, little, it's a Darren Lehman in. And that. Yeah. But he endorses yeah, that, that product. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically he's just saying, kids, tell your dads and mums to buy my stuff. And I'll take a slice of the action. Okay. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, the new Melbourne Stars captain. Oh, Maxie. I hope that uh, he's concentrating on his, his cricket this summer and not golf because it's got faster than humanly possible. Coming Feb 1, 2019, hashtag Callaway at Callaway Golf Oz. <sighs> Maxi, get on the that's get, got get into freebies. the net. You were playing way too much golf with KP last few seasons. Well, there's no KP. No, this might well, improve his cricket. Well, at least he's got till February one. That's, that's just out now. Self promotion. That's free. free yeah, golf free. Clubs. Get out of it. Um, this guy had a tremendous three days. 
I don't know how to say his name. Fangizio Rabata, is that it? How do you say his first name? Is it Rabata? Rabata. Well, just say Rabata. One of my rules in life, always smile. It doesn't hurt. At Red Bull ZA. <laughs> Hashtag Red Bull. That was one of them. I, I, I've never known anyone to smile when they're actually drinking a no, Red no, Bull because no. you're in a world of hurt. Yeah. You want to lift. It gives lift. you wings. Yeah, so it gives already, you wings. You're not even smiling. You've had... 500 cans. So that's a little sneaky one, yeah. Next one, Travel Essentials. This is my Travel Essentials, he's saying. A good book, lip balm, headphones. No worries. And some Vaseline. But what it's, type of Vaseline? It's just Vaseline, but it's this it's the at Vaseline. So he's obviously getting some free Vaseline lip balm. Like it's just rubbish. I thought he was going to go with the Bose headphones or something like that. No, he's no, going to SLA. Yeah, okay. and another one, uh, can't wait to get running in my new Adidas. I mean, come on, buddy. Okay, there's three votes, different votes for Rabada. Uh, keep your eye on him too because we haven't I, really... I will keep an eye on him for sure, but it's amazing how people get active around test time because they know people are watching. This, this woman was absolutely on fire. Channel 7's very own Mel McLaughlin. Yes. Uh, last one from Adelaide, I promise. Blah, blah, blah. She was relentless. All seven commentary team are in there. So she's yeah. She's pounding away on she's you guys. She's competing, yeah, with us. And she was actually questioning whether she, she wasn't happy that you, a couple weren't smiling or paying attention. I mean, give us a break, Mel. You're lucky enough to actually be in the same picture. All right. Anyway, this was a... She's a lovely she lady. Was, oh, She's a lovely a, lady. She, we love her. Doing a good um, job, too. We love her. She was constant, but... But it's Mel, just... Yeah. You're already on TV. You don't need to promote any social media. You're there. You've made it. You're, you're a superstar. Star. Correct. Yeah. Keep on, your eye on, Mel, with too. the program. Um, this one I'm particularly wrapped about, and thank God he's made his way back into the gym. Uh, Mitchell Johnson, yeah. who we took some pounding from out the back of the commentary box because Mitch showed up. No, he's on to us. And we told business. him how much of a wuss he was for promoting these crappy things about T-shirts and He just said, I, I heard you've been giving me some crap on yeah. so, about my social media account. Yeah. And I said, can I have a shirt? And we, can I have one of your shirts? <laughs> can we get 25% off any of your line? 40. But anyway, he's back in the gym. But, of course he's back in the gym. He looks massive when you see him up close. But he still snuck in some gold. Okay. Great session in my at Squad Athletica. Navy Union T-shirt. Yeah. I only know this is self-promotion because in Macquarie Sports Radio, we had to promote at Squad. Ah. We had to promote Squad Athletica every time. Yeah. So you're promoting Super Johnson. shot by Squad Athletica. Yeah. Mitchell Johnson's got some Taking free kit. Taking to the new level. I reckon he's got some free kit while he's actually been in Adelaide. Just gone to the gym and pumped it out. But anyway. I've never been a big gym social media person. I, I, I've never seen the gym. I don't even know what it looks like. Uh, this one. I, I'll sneak this one in first. This one's yeah. Colin Ingram. Last bit of work before leaving for at Big BBL and joining the at Strikers BBL. Looking forward. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Looking to the challenge. Hashtag. Uh, do or die, blah, 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 hashtag BBL08, at Grey Nicks. Now, in this one, he's not even promoting Grey Nicks. Yeah, but they, oh, okay. Yes, it's a video of him with a sledgehammer pounding a tyre. Because he's the sledgehammer. Yes, but the thing is, he is the sledgehammer. But the thing is, I've seen this video before. 
It's not even unique. He did it last year. Oh. <laughs> oh. So he's really only rehashing what he's done in the past. So a rehash so, so, uh, social post. Yes. Of, of self-promotion. Of himself. Okay, so yeah. that, 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 that's getting votes as so well. So it wasn't even original of your self-promotion, Colin Ingram. That just is not good enough not to get up the Jeez, top. Jeez, you've been over them today, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pounding them. And this one... My God, I nearly, I nearly lost, I nearly, I nearly fell out of my chair when I saw this one. Flag. I'm excited. I, 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 I nearly, I nearly did what Ravi Sastry did, and yeah. I nearly had my balls in my mouth. Well, we can't, it we was, don't want Whatever that. he said, no. Brett Lee, oh, binger, <laughs> Brett Lee. Actual footage of my usual morning routine. So happy to be an ambassador for Google Home Hub. At made by Google, hashtag Google oh. Home Hub, hashtag sponsored. This was so embarrassing because it is the worst, like... How many the mentions worst, there? It's it's everything, but please do yourself a favour. If you want to see Brett Lee in underpants doing yoga... Oh, no, I saw this. It is sickening, cringeworthy self-promotion. <sighs> But for us, it's a piece it's, of gold. It is, it is self-promotion gold from Binger. Um, geez, this could get him to the top. Oh, it's... Because Pup's quiet, Shark's quiet. Quiet. Warning. Yep. Warning, Warning quiet. quiet. He was too busy. Um, okay, votes. Just one for Mel McLaughlin. Just be careful, Mel. Just be very careful, please. Two to Colin Ingram. Um, if you're going to self-promote, Colt, Sledgehammer, mm. do something new. Yeah. Imagine what you could do. If you're known as the Sledgehammer, he should have sponsors all over him, but oh. they're going to go, mate, he just does the same thing all the yep. time. Three votes, um, no, two, four votes. Four votes for, for Maxi, his little Callaway stuff. Yep. Four votes for MJ into the um, into the gym. Sorry, he's right up there now. Yep. Uh, Boof. Can you keep your eye on Boof? Because I'm, I'm, I reckon he's just now yeah. the coaching's gone. Yeah. Self promotion's in. Five votes for you, and then yeah, Binger eight votes. Um, also, I, I'd imagine Google Gilly's not happy with that. Google Gilly's lost a Google sponsorship to Google Binger. Eight votes. So that's it. Keep them going too, Hodgie. That was one of your better ones there. That's the Social Media Self Promoter Award. Okay, quick one. Retro book review. You know what I'm going with? Yep. The whole hog. <laughs> Rodney Hogg. And what it's called is Inside the Mind of a Lunatic Fast Bowler. On the back, there's a photo of him trying to punch his captain, Tim, uh, Kim Hughes, in a test match. <laughs> and the quote from Kim Hughes is, The lights were on, but no one was home. He's been lying for years saying he didn't try to punch me, and he did. Graham Yellup, he rang me recently to tell me he's written a book in which he's sledged me. Then he wants me to help launch it. Only Hoggy could get away with that. And Hogg goes, I'm sick of reading boring, overly long cricket books. This is neither. Hughes and Yellup are good blokes, but I had to deal with them. So that sets up quite a book here. But um, kids, if you could go to the uh, chapter Heavy Metal Dennis, and it's about the Denisilli aluminium bat here, Hodgie. Yep. So it starts off, 1979, the Wacker. Our attacks, Lily, Jeff Thompson, Jeff Dimmick, Hogg. One of us is going to miss out. And it didn't worry me too much. As 12th man, you cop the same money and you can go on the piss every night. So 
Hog wants to be 12th man. He's bowling half rat power at training, he reckons. <laughs> then they're in the nets and they just hear this clunk. And it's and he goes to Greg Chappell. No, Bruce Laird. What's that? And they goes, Dennis Lilly's got a new bat. It's aluminium. All right? So Greg Chappell gets around. You're not using it in the game. So they get into the game and um, he, he runs out there and... Um, everything's going well. You know, he's no pressure. He's 12th man, same money, no pressure. All of a sudden, Dennis Lee's out there to bat and he doesn't know how he's got it out there. He's batting with the aluminium bat. <laughs> so in the dressing room, Greg Chappell says, he's, Dennis has got that frigging al- aluminium bat, told him not to use it, get out there, Hoggy. So Hoggy runs out with a few different bats and all that sort of stuff. Um, Hoggy runs out, he gets about 20 minutes away, uh, meters away and Dennis sees him. And he goes, what do you want? And Hoggy goes, Greg wants you to change your bat. And he goes, piss off, Hoggy. <laughs> so, so Hoggy's runs back out with the bats. And before he could get off the whacker, there's Greg Chappell waiting for him going, Hoggy, why didn't you tell him to change your bat? bats? And he goes, he told me to piss off. And he goes, piss off, Hoggy. You're the worst 12th man Australia's ever had, right? So eventually GC has to take out the, the bat there. Um, and, and Hoggy is gone back into the dressing rooms. And, uh, in the end, what did he say here? He went out one more time, sorry. And Dennis just goes up your backside and threw the aluminium bat about 30 meters away. And Hoggy had to give him the bat. And in the end, he said, maybe being 12th man wasn't such a great idea. <laughs> so that's the whole hog inside the mind of a lunatic fast bowler. It recommend retail was. Twenty four ninety five. You're kidding yourself, Hoggy. You're a bargain. Um, I, normally I go up. I reckon if you can get that for two dollars forty nine, um, <laughs> you've probably overpaid. Oxford coming towards him, back to Hey mate, that's it from the Bowlology Report. Just an update. Um, we're getting a lot more listeners, so make sure you subscribe. Actually, Spotify are taking us. We're getting a lot of listeners on Spotify, mm. iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, guess where we're getting listeners from though. Oh, I'm saying Slovenia. Close. 16 listeners yesterday. Chile, San Diego. Chile, San Diego? Yes. Wow. So uh, we need to do a Chile cricket update. I think they're in Division 3 of the American League. But what they're doing is, if they keep listening to the Bowlology Report, they'll be actually a test nation. Sure it's not our Scandinavian listeners have gone on holiday to Santiago. Yeah, well, if someone can tweet (laughs) us in, from Chile because uh, Switzerland's going really yeah. well. Um, we'll beef up Chile. I mean, if we got sixteen, if we could get fifty, we might even do a do a bowlology report. I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see Iceland come on board. You know, because yep. the Northern Lights could really give us a day night test match feeling under the Northern Lights. I looked up Chile. You know, they play a lot of tape tennis ball, tape oh. tennis ball cricket it's there in surprising. Chile, and we can do that um, to let us out. I reckon I, people would love to six it out. Six we need an interview with some of the boys, don't we? We do. Six and out, and hopefully the Aussies can get a win. Selling a little? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.